0: From the capital
1: city, I'm Kevin Allen.
0: Authorities say four participants in an annual marine race from Washington State to Alaska were rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard Monday when some of the contestants' sailboats capsized. Event organizers said in a statement that the occupants on seven boats had dropped out of the race because of rough conditions across the Strait of Juan de Fuca, northwest of Seattle. Three contestants were hoisted from choppy waters by the U.S. Coast Guard, and one was rescued by a boat operated by race organizers. The event draws contestants from across the country with the goal of being first to get to Port Townsend, Washington, Ketchikan, Alaska, on a non-motorized vessel. The city and borough of Juneau approved the next budget for the city as well as an unchanged mill rate and funding for a new city hall on Monday. An ordinance to approve $6.3 million of general funds for a new city hall passed 7-2 to 2, with members Greg Smith and Maria Glaszewski voting no in terms of the overall budget. The Assembly appropriated $439,606,200 in expenditure authority for the City and Borough of Juneau's FY23 operating budget, excluding the school district. City Manager Rory Watt explained. This ordinance
2: appropriates $439,606,200 in expenditure authority for the City and Borough of Juneau's fiscal year 23 operating budget, excluding the school district. This ordinance appropriates all transfers between funds that support operations, debt service, and capital projects, as well as the associated expenditures within the funds themselves. This ordinance also recognizes $426,388,500 of forecast revenue and transfers in and decreases uh, fund balances across all funds by $13,217,700. Forecast revenue and draw from fund balance are sufficient to fund the budgeted expenditures.
0: The Assembly left the mill rate unchanged at 10.56 on a unanimous vote.
2: For fiscal year 23, the Finance Committee recommends no change in mill rate from fiscal year 22 adopted budget, resulting in a total mill levy of 10.56 five six mills components of which are roaded service area 2.45 fire service area 0.31 area wide 6.60 for an operating mill levy of 9.36 no change from fiscal year 22 last year debt service 1.2 mills no change from fiscal year 22 for a
0: total mill levy of
2: 10.56
0: also adopted was the capital improvement program for FY 23 through 28, as required by the city charter. Watt explained the process.
2: Public Works and Facilities Committee reviewed the preliminary CIP at its March 7th meeting and forwarded the plan to the assembly. Planning Commission reviewed the preliminary CIP at its April 12th meeting. Systemic Racism Review Committee reviewed this request during April and May. CIP resolution was introduced at the April 4 regular assembly meeting and referred to the assembly finance committee for deliberation. Opportunity for public comment was provided at the regular assembly meeting on April 25th. Finance Committee referred the amended resolution to the full assembly for adoption at the May
0: 18 meeting. City Manager, Ori Watt. A review by federal health officials say that Pfizer's COVID vaccine appears safe and effective for children under five, the only group not currently eligible for vaccination. The review from the Food and Drug Administration is a key step towards an expected decision to begin vaccinating babies, toddlers, and preschoolers as soon as June 21st. Parents have been waiting months to protect America's youngest children, who who number roughly 18 million. On Wednesday, the FDA will ask an outside panel of experts to vote on whether to recommend the shots. Challenges have been made to Alaska Republican State Representative David Eastman's reelection bid over his affiliation with the far right oath keepers. Several people said they filed complaints related to a section of the state constitution that prevents from holding public office anyone who advocates or who aids or belongs to any party or organization or association. Which advocates the overthrow by force or violence of the government of the United States or of the state. The Anchorage Daily News reported. An Oathkeeper leader and members or associates have been charged with seditious conspiracy related to the January 6th incident. The whole story is available at KINYRadio.com. Candidate for Lieutenant Governor Jessica Cook spoke to her campaign in the Gara Cook ticket while a guest on Action Line. Born at Elmendor Air Force Base and raised in Eagle River, Cook said she is a lifelong Alaskan. She has spent 20 years in education and is a teacher at Eagle River. She also works with the Anchorage Education Association and the National Education Association's affiliate in Alaska. Cook sees education as a key issue, calling for lower class sizes and universal pre K. She is also pro choice. Lieutenant Governor in Alaska oversees the Division of Elections. Cook spoke to how she would carry that duty out.
3: Voting rights and um, secure, safe and secure elections is definitely something that, you know, I'm concerned with. Um, right now, there's a lot of barriers making it difficult for people to vote. Uh, we do support the law that <coughs> excuse me, uh, has automatic voter registration when you file for the PSD. And that's great, um, but there should also be more access to mail-in mail in ballots. Voters should be able to uh, request early voting in all communities, not just the, you know, the big communities, the larger urban areas. Um,
0: she was asked about her preparedness if the unfortunate situation arises where the governor's seat is vacated.
3: We meet daily, and as a teacher, I know that I can roll with the punches. I'm always ready. I always have at least three plans um, in mind. And I don't think Wes would have asked me to be his running mate if he didn't have the confidence that I was ready. Um, Not that I want anything to happen to him, heaven forbid, Mm. but if it should, I am ready.
0: Candidate for Lieutenant Governor Jessica Cook made her remarks while on Action Line. Kits were assembled in Juneau Tuesday as part of a new state program, Project Gabe, which will provide emergency opioid response resources to working Alaskans. The namesake of the project, Gabe Johnson, had worked in the seafood processing industry in Alaska. His mother, Denise Ewing, a public health nurse in Sitka, said he had struggled with opioids for many years. In January of this year... He passed away from an overdose. Ewing and public health staff gathered at the UAS Noise Pavilion Thursday morning to assemble 150 opioid response kits. The kit contains naloxone, a medication that can reverse an overdose. Also inside are fentanyl test strips, which can test if the substance is present in a drug, a CPR mask, and a container for sharps. The kits and other educational resources are being provided to fisheries first by Public Health Nursing in partnership with the Office of Substance Misuse and Addiction Prevention and members of the seafood industry.
4: I had handed Gabe, you know, Narcan kits. He knew how to use those, and those helped save his life twice before. So we knew that that worked. Um, but it's it seems a slow process. So I started handing them out one-on-one and just going to the boats and talking with the fishermen and trying to get them on boats. Um, and I started with the seafood processing plants and worked with them and um, and uh, was able to do it, like, one-on-one. Um, but what I wanted and envisioned was something larger. So
0: Overdoses in the state have increased to 92% in 2020-21, and according to plant production manager at Sitka Sound Seafood, Bill Grant, the majority of their workforce fits into the highest-risk age group for drug overdose deaths, men who are 25 to 34 years old. Project Gabe uses the existing Department of Health and Social Services program, Project Hope, which has distributed over 12,000 opioid-reversing naloxone rescue kits and provided training on use to the first responders in the state. Ewing said the long-term vision is to have the kits distributed on a wider scale.
4: If we go from like the top down and, and, and reach parent companies and organizations and just say, you know, you have an AED, you have a fire extinguisher, you have a CPR mask. This is just one more tool that you can mount and have available as long as we provide the education, um, which we are doing, um, then they have the accessibility and the tools to use it and therefore can save a life.
0: Ewing was asked for her thoughts now that the state has reached the point to need emergency opioid response kits.
4: We have reached that point. We have reached that point to where opioid um, misuse is a major problem. Not just an Alaska problem, it's an all over the world problem. And as these drugs find their ways into more houses, more lives, more families, and becomes more common it so does the tool to, um, to help prevent an overdose needs to be more
1: common.
0: Sitka Public Health Nurse Denise Ewing. The Ketchikan City Council will take up an ordinance this week to remove a Drag Queen Story Hour event from the Ketchikan Public Library schedule. The motion was prepared by Councilmember Riley Gass, who asked that it be placed before the City Council for consideration at its meeting of June 16th.
1: Bottom line is, I don't think this activity is something that should be uh, advertised, sponsored by, and endorsed by a department of the city of Ketchikan, which is funded by the taxpaying public of Ketchikan. Um, You know, I could go on on a lot of different kind of rabbit holes on it, but when you boil it all down, that's basically the reason why Boiled down, as simple as I can put it.
0: Gass' motion and ordinance would remove the Drag Queen Story Hour event from the Ketchikan Public Library's events list. Gass says he is in line with the majority of Ketchikan City residents.
1: There's always going to be people who disagree to a certain extent with what their taxpayer dollars are spent on. I, I certainly understand that. I think in this case, this is a bit of an unprecedented situation where we have a substantial amount of our constituents, our taxpayers who fund the Ketchikan Public Library as well as the rest of our government, who are fundamentally opposed to this type of ideology and worldview. And I think doing this type of activity in a public library funded by our citizens is not appropriate.
0: Gas says he feels his opposition to the story hour is based in city code.
1: I'm kind of a a policy guy and so I've been studying the Ketchikan Municipal Code as well as our Ketchikan Charter and in our Charter 2-4-4 it specifically states that the City Council has the authority to oversee all city departments and entities and their their functions so that's kind of where I'm coming at this from
0: the meeting where this will be taken up is set for 7 p.m. June 16th at City Hall The Juneau Assembly plans to explore the scope of short-term rental listings that are in the capital city. Currently, there are 170 entities registered to pay sales tax on such rentals, but that does not include the total number of listings. At last week's Committee of the Whole meeting, a motion was made to appropriate up to $20,000 to hire a firm that will monitor the number of short-term rental listings in Juneau. Assemblymember Michelle Bonnet-Hale was a guest on Action Line and said they do not have a firm number on all the listings in Juneau.
5: We don't have a firm number, and um, we we have a, a number of entities that are paying sales tax on short-term rentals or are registered to pay sales tax, but that's just the business entity. So if there's a business that has several short-term rentals, we don't know how many that is. And we also don't know, we we have a sense that there are people that offer short-term rentals that aren't signed up for sales tax, perhaps don't have a business license. So we don't know how many they have either.
0: The assembly was presented contracting services that monitor such rentals on the various listing services like Airbnb.
5: So there are actually companies who do this, you know, on contract where they basically work on the Web and they figure out how many units there are for sale in Juno, And that's not necessarily easy it's not something i mean we could have our staff do it but they'd be spending a whole lot of time because people list on multiple listing services so they might be listed on vrbo and the same unit might be listed on airbnb you know and there's a lot of different listing services so the first thing that uh, assembly member treem said we should do and we all agreed is let's get some information so i was really pleased that she put that out there
0: hale relayed the mayor's point regarding short-term rental use in juneau
5: When we were talking about this, that uh, don't think that short-term rentals are all bad. We need short-term rentals for our legislators and legislative staff. So we need to figure out how to balance because obviously we also desperately need housing for people who work and live in Juneau. And so it kind of cuts both ways.
0: Hale said the matter will continue to be taken up at the Assembly's Committee of the Whole. In an awards ceremony Thursday, members of the Juno Police Department and civilians were awarded for their extraordinary acts. The awards recognize department staff that perform their duties in a manner that exceeds the highest standards of the department and to honor members of the community who substantially assist the department in an extraordinary manner. Awards were given for 2021 Officer, Leader, Dispatcher, and Citizen of the Year. Nominations are solicited from staff and then sent to Chief Ed Mercer for review.
2: A lot of us get into this job not necessarily for the recognition. and We take it for granted on things we do on a daily basis. So when we have an opportunity to recognize the good work that members of this police department do, it's always fun as a chief to be able to do that.
0: Officer of the Year was awarded to Hannah Malone. Leader of the Year went to Matt Dubois. Dispatcher of the Year, Sarah Dallas, and Oscar Godinez was given the Citizen of the Year Award.
2: I appreciate uh, everything that my staff's doing out there. I think we're we're doing a pretty good job, and I really appreciate the public support of our efforts and our mission to provide public safety in our community.
0: Chief Mercer and Deputy Chief David Campbell presented the Citizen Awards as well. Citizen Award for Bravery was given to Robert Pardon. Citizen's Certificate of Merit was given to Kyle Brady and Jason Wilson. Citizen's Award for Life Saving: Garrett Paul, Kia Paul, Rob Warden, and Todd Brocious. JPD's Letter of Appreciation went to Nick Garza and Jim Quino, and the Jackie Reininger Community Policing Award, Sarah Dolan. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.